We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about Notre Dame recruiting. Specifically, we're going to talk about what Notre Dame has to do to get to the next level to close the gap on the big boys of college football. We're going to talk about the Notre Dame offense and the recruiting of 2022. Now, Notre Dame is off to a quality start so far. They've got a solid quarterback a receiver with some upside, a nice solid tight end, two pretty good offensive linemen. That's what they've got right now, and a really good running back from Texas. It's a good solid start, but to close the gap on the big boys, Notre Dame needs to do five things on offense, and we're going to talk about that today. It's sort of the five must-gets for Notre Dame on offense. Now, I could do five specific players, but the reality is there's usually more than one player that kind of fits a mold of a must-get at each position. So instead, we're going to kind of choose themes. We're going to talk about types of players that Notre Dame needs to get and some players on the board at those spots. And so let's just kind of dive right in first and talk about what the five must-gets are for Notre Dame when it comes to recruiting on offense in the 2022 class. Number one, they need a super slot receiver. They need a guy that can be a dynamic, after-the-catch, stretch-the-field, work-the-middle-of-the-field, game-changer type of player. Brian Kelly keeps talking about how they need more playmakers on offense and playmakers at receiver. Well, here's where it starts. Number two, there's three really good running backs left on the board. There's a lot of good running backs on the board, but there are three that stand above the rest. 
And Notre Dame needs to get one of those three to go with Jadarian Price. And we'll dive more into that. Number three, they need a top offensive tackle. Joey Tanona, to me, is a top 100 caliber player. But I believe Joey Tanona, who's already committed to Notre Dame, is more of an interior player. Ty Chan is a bit of a project. They need a guy that can be a top must-get. When you're Notre Dame and you've had the success recruiting your offensive line, you, if you're not getting a top tackle every year, then recruiting is not going the way it should be going when you're at a place like Notre Dame. That is the one position above all others on the entire roster where Notre Dame has in the past been able to recruit with and against and beat the big boys. They're going to have to do it again in this class. There's no Indiana tackle like there was last year with Blake Fisher. Joey Tenota's from in-state, but again, he's an interior player, so they got to get one of those players. Number four, they did another outside standout. Now, Maureen Walker has some upside, but they need a guy that can come in and definitely be a pro, you know can project to be a difference maker, especially early in his career. There's some players on the board that I really like. Notre Dame's got to land him. And number five, they need a sleeper blocker. Now, one of the things I like to do is I like to look for guys that have high ceilings. Maybe they have that five-star upside, but they're just not five-star players right now. I think guys like that can always turn out to be really, really good players. And Jarrett Patterson, for example, who's a center, but the point is he was not a super highly ranked player, but he had some upside. He came to Notre Dame, and within his within two years, he'd already seized a starting job. And the reason I like tackles is because, as we've seen at Notre Dame, tackles are it's a lot easier to move a tackle somewhere else than it is to move a guard or a center out back out to tackle. And so we're going to break that down. So let's dive into – uh, just this five that Notre Dame needs to get. The five must-gets for Notre Dame on offense in the 2022 recruiting cycle. Number one was the super slots. Now, what I'm looking for here, as I said earlier, is a player that can be a dynamic difference maker, someone that you have to game plan for in the slot, someone that has the speed to stretch the field, Someone that can work the middle of the field, work the, the crossers, work the work as a route runner, find him a, the ability to get open over the middle of the field. That's so important in today's game. And number three, he's got to be somebody that ideally that's dynamic after the catch. Now, if a guy's really dynamic as a route runner, has really electric speed, then you can get away with him not being necessarily a an after the catch guy. What I mean an after the catch is not a a speed guy that can catch a slant and outrun people. I'm talking about a guy that can catch a bubble screen, make people miss, and, and also, honestly, kind of part running back. So let's kind of look at three slot players that are on the board for Notre Dame and talk about where Notre Dame is right now. Number one is Chicago St. Rita standout Caleb Brown. Now, right now, he is an Ohio State lean, and Notre Dame is well down his list. But this is an absolute stud football player. He didn't play as a junior. Even if you just go off sophomore film, he is exactly what I look for in the slot. Part running back, part wide receiver. Very strong, well-built, dynamic with the ball in his hands, can stretch the field. Once he gets the ball, whether it's as a, as a running back, which he'll do in high school, or as a wide receiver, once he gets the ball in his hands as a return man, he turns into a running back. And I love slots like that. I love guys like that. I think that's what you need to kind of have that explosive playmaking in your offense where every single play, that guy's a threat to score no matter the type of route you get him the ball at. Now, for Notre Dame right now, they're way behind. Tommy Reese is putting in work with him. We've had people talk to Caleb Brown. We know 
people that know Caleb Brown. Tommy Reese is putting in work, but the, the unfortunate thing is he is not connected really often or well with, with Coach Alexander. So they're behind right now. It's still early, so there's time for Notre Dame to really turn the full court press on, but the reality is this is going to have to be a full staff effort. My fear is that Notre Dame's just going to kind of bow out and focus on other places. I think that would be a mistake. We talk all the time about how Notre Dame can't recruit with the Southern schools for Southern athletes and all these types of things. And, you know, you can't get these kids that, that have good grades or whatever else. This is one of the best athletes in the country, one of the most dynamic athletes in the country. And he's from Chicago. He's from the Chicago Catholic League. There's no excuse for Notre Dame not to be more of a player here. And hopefully they can recover and get back in it. Number two at this spot is Caden Saunders. He's from Westerville, Ohio. He goes to Westerville South. Now, currently, Caden is a Penn State commit, but he's still talking to Notre Dame. They're still talking to him. He's still listening. There's some interest there. There's other programs that are recruiting him. This is going to be another tough one. He was a guy that, again, Tommy Reese put a lot of work in for, but we didn't see that same level of work from other people involved in his recruitment, and that's why he chose Penn State, even though a lot of people felt early on Notre Dame was his leader. So, but they're back in it. They're still in it and they have a shot with him. Now, Caden Saunders is a little bit different than Caleb Brown. He's not as big. He's shorter. He's a little skinnier uh, and he's more of a vertical player. He's more of a traditional wide receiver than Caleb Brown. He's not that part running back kind of player. But the reason that I still say he would be one of those super slots, one of those game changers is because he has dynamic speed. He is a fast, fast athlete. He's the kind of guy that can catch a slant and turn it into a big play. He's the kind of guy that can, can catch a crosser and just outrun the defense. He can work the schemes, get over top of the defense, really be dynamic on corner routes, and be, a, be an after-the-catch guy from a speed standpoint where he just outruns you as a route runner. He also has really exceptional feet, and that allows him to, to be a good route runner now in high school, but with work, with the right coaching, he could be an exceptional route runner. And if you want a comparison, he's kind of part Jalen Waddle, part Devontae Smith. Now, I'm not saying he's as good as those players, but what I'm talking about is he sort of has the, the, the route running ability of Devontae Smith, that foot quickness, that agility, that potential as a route runner, but he also has some game-changing speed that I don't think Devontae Smith had game-changing He's plenty fast, but he, you know, he's more like a Jalen Waddle in that you just have to worry about the speed all the time. Again, not saying he's as dynamic. I'm talking more style of play than I am talking about necessarily being that level of dynamic athlete. But I do think he is someone who at Notre Dame could be a difference maker because of his speed. Now, they're both relatively highly ranked. Caleb Brown's a top 100 recruit. Caden Saunders is more of a top 150 to 200 type of recruit. I think he should be higher than that. But there's another player on the board that is not highly ranked. He's a three-star recruit. His offer list is incredibly unimpressive. But he, to me, would be in this group, and that is Xavion Bradshaw from Bluefield, Virginia. Now, he plays way out in western Virginia. He's on the border of another semi. He's closer to you know, Tennessee and West Virginia than he is to Richmond or, or, or Virginia Beach, where a lot of the top players are in the state. He's the son of Ahmed Bradshaw, who used to play running back for the New York Giants. Look, if, you, if you're someone like me that really doesn't care about recruiting rankings, you look at the tape, this is a kid that could be a difference maker for Notre Dame. It's still very early in the recruiting process for him. I don't. He doesn't appear to be any kind of rush. Uh, we've had tried to reach out to him. You're going to love this. 
we've tried to reach out to him and he, 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 he a lot of times his response is he, he can't talk at that time because he's doing homework. <laughs> he's working on school stuff. So you always love that. But when you just talk about what does the tape tell you, forget the recruiting rankings, forget the offer list. What does the tape tell you? The tape tells me this is a dynamic football player. When I watch him play, I, I it, it's sometimes, you know, I don't love comparisons. I'm doing them more and more now because people ask for them. I don't really like doing them because I feel like it's unfair to compare a high school player to somebody who's already an established player. But when I'm watching Xavion Bradshaw, I couldn't help think just constantly popping my head. This guy reminds me so much of Peter Warwick, but with a little bit more speed. Peter Warwick, you remember, was a Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver at Florida State. He was also a dynamic, uh, he was also a dynamic receiver, but also a dynamic return man. And Xavion Bradshaw is that kind of player. He has exactly what I'm looking for. He's he's more like a Caleb Brown than he is a Caden Saunders. He's a guy that can take a bubble screen, make a guy miss, get upfield, and, and has that acceleration, that burst to be a home run player. You watch him on special teams. He gets that punt. He can make the first couple guys miss, and then boom, he is gone. He is turning on the Jets, and he is getting upfield for home runs. So he has that kind of game-changer type of ability and he's a quality route runner for his age. He's a quality route runner. So there's really no skills that I don't see. I don't know quite how big he is. He looks to be 5'11". He's listed at six foot. I don't know if that's true. I mean, it's sophomore film we're working off of. But even sophomore film, this is a really, really dynamic player. And if Notre Dame could get one of these three players, I know that if they got Bradshaw, it wouldn't necessarily reflect on the rankings Caden Saunders really wouldn't be a, a, a needle mover from a ranking standpoint, but the fact is, is these three kids can play. They're all dynamic. They all bring a skill set that Notre Dame needs more of, and to me, they would all be needle movers if they were able to get them. And I know that, especially with Bradshaw, it's not it wouldn't be a sexy pickup for people who care about whether it's five-star, four-star, but this is the kind of kid – this is how I felt about Jeremiah Wusu Koromo when Notre Dame got him. Remember, I gave him four and a half star upside coming out of high school because I said, yeah, I know he's not highly ranked. I know where he plays. I know he's a little undersized right now, but this kid has the athletic. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You need to, to be an outstanding player at Notre Dame, and that's exactly what it became. So Bradshaw can be that kind of guy. Now, whether or not Notre Dame can get any of these three guys remains to be seen. They're in the mix with all of them to some degree. Uh, I would like to see them still push for Brown, but definitely Saunders. And 
Honestly, if I had to choose between the two, Saunders and Xavion Bradshaw, I'd probably lean towards Bradshaw because I think that that fact that he has some of that running back ability in him, I really, really love. But if you could take both of them, if you can, I mean, that's what I would do if I was Notre Dame, take both of them, if you can get both of them. But, but Bradshaw could be a real big time difference maker for Notre Dame. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Number two. Big three running backs. Now, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Tennessee running back Dallin Hayden. I'm talking about Pennsylvania running back Nicholas Singleton. And I'm talking about Colorado running back Gavin Salchuk. To me, these are all top 100 players. These are all difference makers at the next level. They're they're different in skill set. They're all None of them are the same. Hayden and Singleton probably have more in common than Salchuk but they're all outstanding players. And if you pair them with Jadarian Price, who Notre Dame already has, who's also a really good running back, you, and then you combine it with last year's class of Logan Diggs and and, uh, and Audric Estime, and then, of course, Chris Tyree, you've really loaded up your backfield, and you've now fully overcome the Autry Denson era, and you have, you've, you've now put together one of the best backfields in the country. Now, here's the thing. Dallin Hayden, to me, is more of a pure running back. He is 5'11", 190 pounds, ran for over 2,000 yards last year, uh, great vision, great anticipation. He doesn't look to have like great like gain, like track speed, but he plays fast because he gets to full speed in a hurry. He's patient. He makes good reads, and when he plants his foot in the ground and goes, he can really go. And that's why in a lot of ways he reminds me of Dexter Williams from Notre Dame. Now, Dexter Williams ran a 4'5'8". And when he was getting ready to go to the NFL, which is partly why he fell to the sixth round. He doesn't have blazing speed, but Dexter Williams was a home run threat because he had great acceleration. And he would be that four or five, eight right away. Dallin Hayden has a lot of that in him, but I would also argue that Dallin Hayden is a more natural running all around running back. He's better in the pass game. He's got better, he's got better hands. He's he's got better, I would say better, even better vision. He's more patient than Dexter was. And he's a guy that, to me, will be a much more effective pass blocker. Nicholas Singleton is an intriguing player. He ran for over 1,300 yards last year in only eight games. He is comes from an offense that a lot of what he does is outside. He runs there an option offense. He runs a lot of option stuff, and he runs a lot of uh, outside zone, outside sweep type of thing. So there'd be a little bit of an adjustment for him adjusting to an offense like Notre Dame's, but everything I see on film, he has the natural God-given ability in the instincts and just the feel for running back that he would make a smooth transition. Like I would expect him to be caught up by the end of fall camp of his freshman year. So it's not a big deal, but there are certain things we just don't see him do. You know, we don't see him run a lot of, you know, counter where he's got to read blocks and let things set up. And, and so that's where that adjustment comes from. But Really talented athlete, six foot, over 200 pounds, physical when he needs to be, can make you miss when he needs to be. And he also has a great second gear. If he gets in, the, if he gets a step 
he's going to be gone. And, and that's why, you know, you talk about a comparison. He's kind of got a little bit of Josh Adams in him in that, you know, his start isn't, isn't, is at times isn't like Dallin Hayden's because of the type of offense he runs. But once he gets going and gets a full head of steam and he's gone, he's going to outrun a lot of people. And right now with those two, Ohio State is a player for both of them. And look, ever since Tony Alford, who used to be at Notre Dame, running backs coach who recruited very well to Notre Dame, ever since he left, he's been a, a major thorn in Notre Dame's side. This is the year where, where Lance Taylor and the offensive staff have to finally beat Tony Alford for a recruit. And I don't care which one it is, Dallin Hayden or Nicholas Singleton, they have to try to beat him for one of those two guys. It's it's that time. I mean, they they need to do it. They're both big time backs, in my view, from what I see on film. Uh, the fact that Ohio State's pushing for them should speak to their talent as opposed to their recruiting rankings. And and they need to land one of those two guys. Ideally, it would be an ideal situation because I think they're the two most, also the two most realistic. Now, Gavin Sawchuk will get into. He would be also a big time pickup, but. They're a little further behind from him. I don't think it's – I mean, they're putting in the work. It's just he likes other schools better right now, which happens sometimes. There's also another third player, really, for each of those guys, and it's Tennessee. It's the in-state school, the Tennessee for Dallin Hayden and Penn State for Nicholas Singleton. So it's going to be hard to get these three guys, but they're all achievable. And and between the three of them, if you're Notre Dame, you have to get one of them. I mean that that's a must. If you want to close the you know, close the gap, move the needle, whatever expression you want to use, you need to land one of these three backs. Sawchuck is more of a Chris Tyree type as opposed to an every down back. I don't know if he's a 20 plus carry guy, but what he is is a explosive dynamic player that's had rushed for well over 3000 yards the last 2 years and over 9 yards of carry. This is a very explosive running back uh who can do damage in the pass game. Uh, he can do damage, obviously, as a runner. He's a guy that can doesn't need 20. He's a, like the reason I compare him to Chris Tyree is not just speed. He, I don't think he's quite as fast as Chris Tyree. But what I see is a guy that doesn't need the volume of touches to impact the game. Chris Tyree doesn't need 20 touches to impact the game. He needs 12. He needs 15 at the most. Gavin Sawchuk is similar in that regards, which is why I, I view him as a Chris Tyree type of player which would mean he complements Jadarian Price, Logan Diggs, and Audric Estimate very well. So from a pure complementary standpoint, Sawchuck might be the ideal back. I'm not as concerned about complementary as I am about just landing a top player. I, that's why I like Hayden and Singleton because they're, they are every down backs, but they have the talent to push the guys already on the roster. Sawchuck does as well, just in a different way. So number two for Notre Dame, they have to get one of the big three running backs. Number three is short and sweet. Kind of talked about it earlier. You're Notre Dame. You're O-line you. You've put multiple players in the first round year after year after year. You've gone against the big boys, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, all of them for offensive linemen, and you've been winning for years. Notre Dame has to continue to do that, and there's a little bit of a concern for me in this class that right now Notre Dame is not really in the pole position for any of the top offensive tackles. Now they're in the game, but they've got to come back and they've got to close. There's really two guys I have in mind here, and that is Zach Rice from Virginia and Tyler Booker from Florida. And he goes to IMG Academy. He's originally a Northeastern kid, a New Jersey kid. So they have to get one of those two players. 
players. They're both top 50 recruits. They're both big, physical, dominant players that are tackles to me, but also project to be able to move should the need arise. But you need you need to recruit the best of the best when you're at Notre Dame. Joey Tanona is that as an interior player. Ty Chan is more of a project high upside kind of guy, but but not a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination. Notre Dame has to go out and they have to be able to get one of the nation's best uh, offensive tackles. And to me, Zach Rice would be that guy. Tyler Booker could be that guy. There's some other highly ranked players on the board, but to me, those two guys stand out above the rest. You know, Joe Bruner from Wisconsin is a good player, but I don't know if he's definitely a tackle. He's kind of got some guard in him a little bit, but he's another big, strong, physical player that would be on the board. He'd kind of be that next level guy, still a really good pickup, but I think he's more of a guard. And the same thing with Billy Shrouth. I think Billy Shrouth is an outstanding blocker, and Notre Dame should definitely push for him, but the reason he's not really in this mold is because I view a guy like him and I view a guy like like Joe Bruner as not pure tackles. They're more right tackle guard type of players. Very good prospects. But I'm looking more for a pure tackle. There aren't even a ton of them in this class, but I think Zach Rice and Tyler Booker are just that high-level player that you, you have to be able to get when you're at the University of Notre Dame. So if this class is going to be elite, they have to always have a great O-line class. And one of those two guys, to me, is a must-get in this class. Number four, outside receiver. They need an impact outside receiver. Now, Amorian Walker has some tools. He has some upside, but he's also got a very low floor. He's, he's a very, bit of a project at this point in time. And you need to add another impact player to push the guys that are already on campus. And to me, there are three guys that fit this bill. Notre Dame has to land one of them, in my view. If you don't land one of these three guys, unless somebody new comes on the board of similar caliber that we're not talking about yet, then it's going to be a disappointing receiver class when you consider the, the when you when you hold it to the standard of are you closing the gap on the big boys? This is a must. Number one is C.J. Williams from Modern Day out in California. Notre Dame is way down his list. There was a lot of talk early in his recruitment that Notre Dame was the number one school. They're still talking to him. They've got to turn the heat up on C.J. Williams and make themselves a much better player for him. Big physical. He's like 6'2 big. He's not like 6'5 big, but he's strong. He's well built. Um, he can work the middle of the field. He can work the outside stuff. He's, he's a lot like Javon McKinley, but a little bit more smooth and fluid uh, athletically. And so he's got a lot of that that one-on-one -on -one ability on the outside. He can stretch the field. He can work the middle of the field. Really dynamic player. A guy that I, that I think Notre Dame might have a better shot with, who I also like a lot, is Tobias Merriweather, who's from the state of Washington. Now, the thing I like about Tobias is even just based off sophomore film, and we've only seen sophomore film at this point in time, this is a kid that to me has the tool. He has five-star upside, and he's ranked about a top 100 guy. Uh, I think he's going to continue to climb up the rankings because he's tall. He's an incredibly long strider. He's faster than you think. Those long strides can be deceptive. I think he's faster than people think tremendous ball skills. He's a more, far more advanced and even taller version of a Morian Walker. So, you know, he, who, a guy that actually has some of that explosiveness, he's a very good route runner. He has the potential to be an exceptional route runner for a six foot four guy. And his ball skills are top notch. This kid would be a difference maker at a place like Notre Dame. Should they get him? Number three is Andre Green Jr. 
again, like Caden Saunders, not as highly ranked as I think he should be. So I'm going off of tape, not recruiting service rankings. Six foot three, 185 to 190 pounds, goes to St. Christopher's in Virginia, which is a private school. Clearly a high academic young man, talented, physical, really athletic. I wouldn't, he's not a burner. He doesn't have like take the top off the defense speed per se, but his route running potential, his ball skills make him a big play threat, in my opinion. He's also got potential to be an outstanding route runner. He can work the middle of the field. He can work the sidelines. He can win the one-on-ones. And he's a really smooth athlete with really, really good ball skills. So you get any of those three guys, and to me, you you add them with a Morin Walker and you get one of those slots, that's the kind of receiver class that can move the needle. It also gives you three straight years of really outstanding receiver recruiting. And that's what you have to do at Notre Dame. You can't just have what we've seen in the past, where if you look at Notre Dame's receiver recruiting in 2015 and 2016, excellent. You added Equinemy St. Brown, Kevin Stepherson, C.J. Sanders, Miles Boykin, Chase Claypool, Jalen Guyton. It's a lot of NFL guys in there. Not all of them worked out at Notre Dame, but some of them did, and that was a lot of talent. But what was it surrounded by? A 2014 class with Justin Brent, who was never really a receiver, and Corey Holmes, who didn't pan out, and a 2017 class with Jafar Armstrong and Michael Young. And it, so we we just haven't seen that consistency at receiver recruiting for Notre Dame like you see at the big schools. So it's not just about adding talent. They've added talent the previous two years. It's about consistently adding talent. Because here's the reality. Some guys get hurt. Some guys pan out. Some guys tra- don't pan out, excuse me. Some guys transfer. Some guys, maybe you just you misevaluated. Some guys don't develop the way you think they can. So there's no perfect recruiting. You're going to get guys that you think are really, really good players, and they don't pan out for some reason. That's why recruiting at a high level year after year after year is so important. Notre Dame cannot afford to not bring in another great recruiting class in 2022. They just can't. And they can't. you can't use the excuse of, well, they did really well last year the year before. So did Alabama, so did Ohio State, so did LSU, and so did Clemson. Now, they're all going to have really good receiver classes again this year. So if you don't at Notre Dame, then you've actually allowed the gap to widen instead of narrowing it. And that is on you because this is a good receiver class. There's a lot of players that are natural fits for Notre Dame that they need to get three of them. You need to get three. Now, you've already got one. You took the high upside kid with the lower floor. That's fine. I can live with that. but. Only if you land two really impact players to go with him. If Amorian Walker's your third best player in this class, and the two guys to me are much higher floors than him, with also with high ceilings, that's the kind of receiver class that to, to, to me will tell me that Notre Dame is ready to close the gap. And number five, I love sleeper offensive linemen because to me. Offensive line is one of the hardest positions to project moving forward. And that's why every year in the draft, you see some former two-star or former three-star kid going in the first round. It happens almost every single year because that is the position more than most where there is so much projectability from a body standpoint. A lot of the top linemen coming out of high school are are ready-made guys. They're already 300 pounds. They're just bigger and stronger than everybody else. They can kind of bully. And so it's easy to watch Quentin Nelson on film and say, yeah, he's really good. What I like to find and and what I think that that 
some of the best offensive line programs around the country, they do so well, like Iowa, for example. They don't get the highly ranked guys that often. They find these guys that are 250, 260 pounds, athletic with long arms and all the traits. They just don't have the bodies yet, and they recruit them and then develop them, and those guys eventually become 300-pound guys that are super athletic and super talented. So when I look at the board on the offensive line this year, I look at Joe Walt last year as being one of those kind of guys. And to me, that's what Tosh Baker was as well, although Tosh got more recruiting love. He was highly ranked, but he's another that that type of player, that developing gonna-need-time guy with super high ceiling. There's two guys in this class to me that fit that bill, and I think Notre Dame needs to get one of them. The first one you've heard me talk about before, and that's Jake Taylor from Bishop Gorman out in Las Vegas. He is not a highly ranked player, not a top 200 recruit, but to me has an exceptionally high upside. His final list of schools basically is like Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Alabama. I mean, that should tell you everything you need to know about Jake Taylor's upside because those schools are going after him. Oklahoma's considered the leader. Notre Dame is still in the mix. He's a guy that Notre Dame has been hurt by the, the inability to get him on campus. They're going to have to get him on campus at some point in time soon to have a chance to land him. If they don't, if he commits before they can get a visit, I'm not going to hammer him because I think they've put in work with Jake Taylor. I just think the fact that he hasn't been able to get on campus, he's one of those kids where it has impacted Notre Dame. So he's one guy. There's another guy that I really like on the offensive line, and that is, and he's for a Colorado kid named George Fitzpatrick. He goes to Cherry Creek out in out in the Denver area now. If you're not familiar with that school, it's a very, very good school. It's one of the best schools in the state of Colorado in regards to producing talent, but also winning. It's a great, great program. When you look at him and you say, well, why is he not ranked higher? Because his film is awesome. It's A, he's from Colorado, and B, he's 255 pounds. There's there's some going to be some legitimate questions about the projection. Can he get up to 300 pounds and maintain the athleticism and the talent? I think he can. Now, when I watch this kid on film, and I and I recently broke him down, I've really only studied him for the last week. I saw some highlights of him, and I loved his highlights. But I, I said, look, let me get some game film of him and see if he can do this kind of snap after snap. And the thing that I saw uh, from George Fitzpatrick is his game film is even more impressive than his highlights because you see a kid who at 6'6", 255 pounds, number one, incredible athlete for an offensive lineman, great feet. His explosiveness off the ball is as good as any offensive lineman in this class. He flies off the ball, and he flies off the ball with a lot more force than you'd think from a 255-pound kid. So he really explodes off the ball, really physical player, uses his hands well, and he's got some punch in his hands. Again, he plays with a lot more physicality than you'd think a 255-pound guy would play with. The athleticism in space, exceptional. His pulling and trapping, he works a lot in space, and he's really good. We don't see a lot of pass blocking from him, but the athleticism is there. So I don't think it's going to be an issue for him. I think the he's going to have that ability. He's going to be a good pass blocker at the next level um, with work. The question is, can he gain 40 pounds and maintain that athleticism and explosiveness. That's going to be the question. That's why he's kind of a sleeper. That's why he's kind of a project type of player. But if you can get one of those two guys and then get one of the big boys, Zach Rice, Tyler Booker, with Joey Tanona, Tai Chan, maybe throw in a Joe Bruner or a Billy Shrouth, good luck finding a better offensive line class in the country. 
have fun with that because here's the deal. For Notre Dame to play with the big boys, they not only have to improve in areas where they're behind those programs now, but you cannot slip at all at the programs where you're at the spots where you're already on their level. Notre Dame is on anyone, everyone's, they're on the top level when it comes to offensive line. They can compete with Bama. They can compete with Oklahoma. They can compete with Ohio State. They're way better than Clemson along the offensive line. They're there. You can't slip. You can't have misses like we've seen Notre Dame have the last two classes. Last year's class was really good as a five-man group, really high upside, some projects below and some depth players below. The three to five wasn't as good. Now, I love Joe Walt. He's the kind of guy I'm taking every – I'm taking a Joe Walt every year. And that's kind of what I view George Fitzpatrick and Jake Taylor as being, but even higher upside than Joe Walt, in my opinion. But you need more depth of impact talent. And the 2022 class has a chance to be that for Notre Dame if they can finish. So they need to get a top tackle. They need to be able to go out and get one of these sleeper tackles. And then if you can add a fifth guy like a Billy Shrouth, like a Joe Bruner, that's an elite, elite offensive line haul. And that's the kind of group that keeps you on pace for what you've been the last decade, which is the premier offensive line program in the country. This is going to be a big class for Notre Dame, and it's going to be a huge class for Jeff Quinn. He's got to finally be able to put together one of those classes that was all his that can match what we saw from Harry Heastan, which is not just a good one or two. Any Notre Dame offensive line coach will be able to do that. But can your three and your four and your five be dynamic? If you look at the 2017 Notre Dame class, for example, Robert Hainsey, Aaron Banks, Josh Lug, that's three impact blockers. Uh, you go to past years. They've always been able to get three really impact players. 2014, Quentin Nelson, Alex Bars, and then Sam Mustafer. That's what this class needs. It needs to be deep. It needs to be talented. They need to have more playmakers in this class. So we've laid out the framework for what Notre Dame needs to do to have an elite offensive hall and that in, in, a, in an offensive hall that is going to allow them to move the needle, to close the gap, whatever expression you want to use, but it puts them closer and closer to being a team that's going to be a legitimate contender, not just to make the playoff and then lose, but to make the playoff and then go toe-to-toe with those teams and ultimately beat them. That's the kind. This is the kind of class Notre Dame needs to have to, to add to what they've already got to get to that level. So that's going to do it for this podcast. We will break down the five muskets on defense later. We'll do that either this weekend or early next week at Irish Breakdown. We're also laying out kind of one by one these players on the on the website. So we've already talked about one of the defensive ones, which is an elite linebacker class. We already have that on the site. Make sure you check that out. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell so that you see whenever we publish new videos. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, give us a like. Give us a five-star rating. We'd really appreciate that. And, of course, Sign up for our daily newsletter at irishbreakdown.com. It's the bottom of every store of our story. So that way you can always be locked in to the latest of what we're doing at irishbreakdown.com. So thanks for joining me today. Talk to you guys again soon. Talk to you guys and gals again soon. And we'll have more Notre Dame news and analysis and recruiting coverage for you. Have a great weekend.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.